Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky on this early, early Wednesday morning. Sun's not up yet. Both the sun and the sky and also my sun uh, are not up yet. And so hopefully uh, I can uh, get this recorded quickly before he does. But uh, really not much to add here. We did a live chat last night. It was a really fun conversation, honestly. Talked a little hoops, uh, a little recruiting. Of course, Quinshawn Judkins got brought up. Uh, we talked about the offseason of change, or the season of change is really coming in college football in 2024 and more. So it's like an hour-long conversation, really good conversation with the live chat. Hope you guys enjoy it. But before we get to it, I want to remind you that you should, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast. So search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast. Also follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. At Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And before we get to the live chat, I want to tell you that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website if you're in the market for office technology and your business is located anywhere. And I mean anywhere in Mississippi. Check them out. absms.com is the website. If you tell them I sent you, you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. Also, the podcast is brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. We've got 16 locations here in the state of Mississippi, so there's likely going to be one in your backyard, and they make you their priority with their online banking platform. It's a one-stop shop. All you need is an internet connection. You can do everything you want to do with your money. They also have local loan servicing and decision-making, so if you need a loan or or you have a loan and you need it serviced, it's somebody that you sit down with face-to-face. You don't have to get on Zoom or talk to somebody out of state if you have a loan through or want a loan through Priority One Bank because they make you their priority. Okay, here it is now, the uh, the Tuesday live chat. Big basketball games tonight. We will do a, uh, a post-game recap of Ole Miss and Florida tonight. Should be a big atmosphere. Late tip, but should be a big atmosphere for that one. Looking forward to watching that game and talking about that with you. But in the meantime, here that is now, and I will see you guys after the game tonight. So is it just me, guys, or, or did that season go by even faster than they usually do? I, I mean, I, I really, truly feels like we blinked, and now we're here uh, at the end. And I don't really know what to do with myself. Uh, you know, I mean, I know we got big basketball games around here tomorrow, or at least they should be. Uh, but still, it just felt like, boom, snap of the finger. This season is completely, uh, it's done. And I can't believe it went by as fast as it did. And uh, I'll start with a couple of just random thoughts, and then we'll get into the, the conversation on chat, of course. And um, I want to start with two things. One, we, we brought this up on the radio show today. We actually kind of had a fun little segment where we each like did like a, a round robin of a moment this season that, that stood out to you the most or like a, a lasting thing that will stick with you after this season. And my first one was kind of a... Uh, a big picture thought when it comes to uh, specifically Ole Miss, because not 
all seasons are created equal. Not all records are created equal, uh, right? Because not, uh, you know, we haven't been playing 12 games for the entire history of these programs. But Ole Miss did win 11 games this year. And that is only the second time ever in Mississippi for a Division I team. Southern Miss did it in 2011. And that's it. That's all we've got in the entire state of Mississippi. They actually won 12 that year. Uh, But this is all we have uh, in Mississippi. So I know everybody's eyes are looking forward, especially around Ole Miss. Everybody's eyes are facing forward, right? You all these guys returning, and now there's the Judkins drama and 12-team playoff, and and everybody's forward-focused. But uh, I do think that it's worth reflecting on the fact that in the state of Mississippi – you just witnessed a season that has only happened one other time for the SEC teams. You just witnessed a season that has never happened uh, before. So while the season went by fast and we're all looking forward, you can't forget that, that that just happened and uh, it was incredibly special. And and I hope people uh, appreciate it the way they should, uh, because it was a, for Ole Miss, it was a one of one season for SEC schools in Mississippi. It was a one of one season when it comes to the number of wins, uh, of course, and only the second time in the history of the state has a Division One team uh, won 11 or more games. So uh, soak it in. Allow yourself some time to reflect if you're an Ole Miss fan. If you're a state fan, I know you're ready to just uh, for me to shut up now and to move on from this. But uh, allow yourself some time to reflect on how special uh, what happened uh, really was. And number two, this season, last night, marked the end of an era. And I don't think enough people are talking about that really in the uh, first 24 hours after Michigan's win. You've got um, stuff written about, you know, the sign-stealing scandal and and Harbaugh leaving. And I, I read a really great piece last night about Michael Penix playing through injury and and all that. But not enough people are really talking about the the volume of change that is now here. And I know we've talked about the 12-team playoff a bunch I know we've talked about SEC expansion and Big Ten expansion a lot. I mean, we've talked about this a whole heck of a lot. But it's here now. It's over now. The 14 playoff is gone. It's over. We never have to deal with its garbage uh, again. The Pac-12 is is done. Now, maybe Washington and Oregon State merging with the Mountain West will keep the name the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 is gone. It's over. It's no longer a power conference. We are now down to the power four. It's over in this conference that, you know, we don't care about so much around here. This is SEC country. We care about the SEC here, but I'm going to miss Pac-12 football. I enjoyed watching Pac-12 football every Saturday. There was great value in their existence, and now it's gone. The 14 playoff, I didn't think really had great value, uh, to be honest. Uh, College football's postseason is the worst part about college football, and that's a problem. I'm glad that it's gone, but, but that is changing now. The conversation now is real. We've got 2023 in the rear view. We can now start talking about a team here poised to make a run at a postseason. And it's a realistic conversation. And it's one that we can almost have annually uh, when you consider uh, just how accessible a 12-team playoff is. So our offseason now changes. I mean, specifically to Ole Miss, State's in a rebuilding year. Um, Them making the playoff is, frankly, completely and totally unrealistic. And that's okay. It, it, you, Jeff Levy needs time to build. He's not going to snap his fingers and have a a playoff contending program 
in in year one. It's just not realistic. So the the focus this offseason is going to be on Ole Miss, of course. But now that's here. No more 2023. That's here now. Texas and Oklahoma are now joining the SEC in football. There, there's no more Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12. There's no more waiting. It has now arrived. Now, I know basketball and baseball still have their seasons with the previous conference, but when it comes to football, we're now going to be spending the, the time previewing these games and the SEC schedule with Texas and Oklahoma on it. We're going to be talking about preseason all-SEC players that include Quinn Ewers, for example, from Texas, who I don't think should be first-team all-SEC, but still, people are going to to do that. And they're going to have that conversation. Change is here, and it's a lot. It is a gigantic shift in college football. And so we've been spending, uh, I mean, months and years whining and complaining about NIL and Portal when this is the change. This is the dramatic seismic shift in the sport a conference is gone the playoff is accessible texas and oklahoma are in the sec washington and oregon and ucla and and usc are in the big 10 colorado and utah and arizona arizona state are in the big 12 things have changed now and that change is officially here and that is really significant with 2023 being in the rear view the the season of change which is what 2024 is is finally here. So it's going to be a fascinating as hell offseason. Uh, so interesting. So many different storylines and angles. And, of course, here locally, uh, you've got, as Chase, I, I think I saw Chase in the chat. If not, uh, I, I hope he'll be here. As Chase has pointed out many times, Ole Miss and, and Missouri and Louisville as well even uh, this year are, are going to be um, a litmus test for how to – Structure rosters to be nationally competitive, not better, not leveling the playing field, but compete for a championship. That's going to be the the the, the big question for Ole Miss. And then also, if we were, you know, if if I was on Sports Talk Missouri, then we'd be talking about it with Missouri. Or if I was on ESPN Louisville, shout out to my guys there, we would be talking about that there too. But in this context. Can Ole Miss compete for a real championship? Not just compete for a playoff spot, but can they, with the perfect storm, with quarterback and and right players returning and the right coach and getting the right guys in the portal, level the playing field to the point where they are competing with and beating Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon? Can they do that? We're about to find out. This offseason is going to be awesome. So we'll get to the chat. Appreciate you guys being here. Glad uh, glad that you are here. Again, big basketball games tomorrow. Really excited to watch the basketball tomorrow. No excuses uh, when it comes to the environments uh, tomorrow. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that every seat should be sold. I know midweeks are, are more difficult than weekends uh, for sure. But the teams have earned great environments uh, tomorrow night. And I, uh, I hope they get them. Because they're, they're games, they're important games, and the teams have earned uh, those. So, anyway, let's get to the chat now. First one, can't wait to talk about Judkins again. We don't have to if you don't want to. Uh, we do not have to if uh, if you do not want to. So, season gone by way too fast, no doubt about it. You're not ready to be victimized by baseball yet? Hey, don't fast forward to baseball. There's no need to. You've got two more months of basketball where – I think that it's going to have meaning 
over the next couple of months. And that's all you can really ask for. For Mississippi State, it's a little bit different. The standard for, for State with what they have returning in year two of Jans needs to be make the tournament. That needs to be the standard. For Ole Miss in year one, it's can you be playing meaningful basketball into March? Can, can your games matter at the end of the season? Whether or not they make the tournament, I don't think making the tournament's a realistic expectation. In year one, it never has been, regardless of how they started. Um, but if they do, great. And there's an opportunity for them to do that. They, they've looked better. They, they can win nine games, right? Can they, can they win nine of their next 17 games? Can they go nine and eight? If that answer is yes, they're probably making the tournament. So, But that's the goal, though. Can they play meaningful basketball by the end of the season? Highest final ranking for Ole Miss since 1969. I have some issues with the final ranking. I have a little bit of less issues with the uh, the way-too-early top 25s. I know that those are going to be done and redone 100 times over. Um, I did see one that had Washington uh, in the top seven. And, I mean, I know they just played for a championship. But come on. Come on. Look at what they're losing. Come on. Getting caught cheating and then winning a national championship is the next level. Screw you. Oh, their demeanor the whole time has been that way as well. I mean, Harbaugh declaring that they were innocent last night, even though um, he was suspended and he agreed to and served that suspension for cheating is um, is just um, it's the perfect heel for sure. But but as I said on the show um, going into the game, I, I put it on Twitter as well. I mean, just a quick clip of me essentially saying. Michigan is really good. I think they're a deserved national champion. I have no time for the Georgia debate today. Georgia had the chance against Alabama. Michigan shut Alabama down on a neutral field, completely shut that offense down. Why couldn't Georgia? So I, I don't – that's not a debate that I, that I think is worth having. Michigan won the national championship because they're the best team in college football this year. They beat Ohio State. They beat Alabama. They beat an undefeated Washington, all of which happened after they got caught, meaning that their opponents had ample time to make sure that they weren't compromised. And Michigan lined up and whooped them. They were really good on the line of scrimmage. They were really good defensively. They're fine at quarterback. I don't get the first-round eval with him at all, but they're fine at quarterback. Um, they're, they're really, really good everywhere else. And I don't respect them at all. And that's a shame. And not that my respect matters to anybody at Michigan, but I don't respect this run at all. I think the 2023 college football season and who won the championship should forever be looked at differently. Whether you want to call it an asterisk, uh, italicized, whatever, this season is tainted, in my opinion. I don't respect Michigan's championship the way I did Georgia the last couple of years. Um, It is different. The scandal does make me look at this differently. And it's a shame, really, because Michigan should be celebrated. Uh, I mean, it's a college football blue blood. Getting back uh, into this after, uh, I mean, 30 years almost of a drought uh, between championships, they, they were an incredible football team. And, and really dominant and beat their rival again and play great defense. But that's all 
secondary. That's all secondary because they cheated and they got caught. And I don't, I don't even have interest in getting into the debate of or the debate of everybody does it. No, not everybody does it like Michigan did, but they were the ones that got caught. Um, their coach got suspended for half the season for separate things. Um, they're cheaters and they're tainted, and I don't respect the run. I don't respect the team. Uh, I look at it differently than I do Georgia. I look at it differently than I do Clemson's recent championships. I look at it differently than I do LSU. I look at it differently than than Alabama's recent ones, and I look at it differently than Ohio State's in 2014. It's not the same. It, it is simply not the same. So, Roydell Williams's name keeps popping up as an option with Ole Miss per Neil McCready. Um, if he says it, then then I believe it. Um, I'm interested to know if they would consider adding somebody else uh, in in that case. Now, don't get me wrong. Roydell's a good player. I mean, if you can get him, then get him. He, he can absolutely help you. But I do think that um, if that is what happens, if they do sign him, I, I don't think in that scenario that they would be quote-unquote done uh, at the position. I could be wrong, wrong often, but I, I don't think that that would be, that would be done. So... Hello from Hattiesburg. Glad to see you. Glad Judkins committed so we can move on. Yeah, I, I mean, I really think the conversation, I mean, aside from Lane's tweets, which um, if I were advising him, I would tell him to stop. Now, I know that, that a lot has been learned by uh, a lot of people over the last few days. H- hand up, myself included. I mean, the aforementioned Neil McCready and, and Chase Parham on their show were talking about things that I did I didn't know. I didn't know that there was issues uh, around the Tulane and Georgia Tech game. I, I I didn't, frankly, I didn't know that. Maybe I shouldn't admit that to you guys because you would find me less credible or whatever, but I didn't know that. I had no idea. Um, I did know that they, they kept, over the last couple of years, trying to dip back into the well and get more money and more money and more money, and there were issues there, but I, I, I was not aware of the longstanding locker room issues. Um, at Ole Miss. I, I simply just did not know uh, that that was a thing. So as a result, um, it created issues. It caused them in the way it went down and the timing of it going down, um, cost them possibly being better off at the position moving forward. I understand all that. Uh, so I understand where Kiffin's coming from uh, with, with his tweets. And uh, I mean, it's unfiltered. I mean, I guess it is filtered a little bit. You have to read between the lines, but you kind of have to be a dummy to not realize what he's saying. I would advise him to stop and just move forward and be the bigger person, but I understand why he's furious. I mean, he was the guy that uh, took the quote-unquote chance on him, uh, and other SEC schools, especially the ones in his state, wouldn't. You know, he th- there's that picture of him uh, sitting on the cold bleachers, you know, watching him by himself. And then he comes to Ole Miss and, and makes him a star right away. And, and then this is how it goes down. Um, so I, I get it. I would tell him to stop if he were listening to me, which he wouldn't. I don't know how many people close to him uh, he listens to. But um, I would advise him to stop. Otherwise, yes, it's time to, to not having the it's time to stop having the conversation. So I mean it's over. It just move forward. Hey, like I keep saying, these guys want to be pros, treat them like pros. 
no, there, there's no need to have emotional feelings towards that player anymore. He's an adult, made an adult decision, and that that's fine. You you don't have to have any feelings towards him anymore. You know, it, it's just moving on is the right thing to do for everybody involved, even though it looks like it's not exactly going down like that. The four-team playoff still failed to have three great games in a single bracket, but Edward, we can't ruin this. It's so great. We can't ruin it. Oh my gosh. It's going to be ruined or something like that. Caught some Washington games this season, and that's the first team you've seen absolutely bully them. Have to give it to Michigan this season, no doubt. I mean, that was a really, 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 really freaking good Washington team. And Michigan just took it right to them. Took it right to them. I mean, you guys saw how good Penn State was in the trenches. Michigan embarrassed them. I mean, I know the score wasn't that wide, but you guys saw it. Michigan embarrassed them. It didn't throw a pass in the second half. Just embarrassed them on their home field. We're better than Ohio State at the line of scrimmage. Ohio State has five stars all over the field and just took care of business there. We're better than Alabama on the lines of scrimmage. Shut that Alabama offense down. They're legit, man. That They are. You got to tip your hat while also calling them cheaters, but you got to tip their hat, tip your hat. You thought Washington played decent enough defensively to win as the game went on, but their offensive line was bad and Penix was off. Yeah, he had, he picked a bad time to have a bad game uh, and also was not healthy. Um, you know, getting his ankle stepped on in the uh, in the early third quarter when he threw the interception, I think that was a problem. He He had a rib upper body injury as uh as well and so and johnson was hurt he couldn't cut but michigan was winning that game anyway so sad the mississippi braves are leaving pearl you think we still get some college baseball games there in the next few years um i'm sure but especially after the turf debacle with the old miss southern miss game you guys remember that it was last season um, I mean, the, the venue is dated. It, it really needs an overhaul. Um, you had the turf or the field thing. Um, but the crowds are good. I mean, people show up to those games. Uh, I, I wonder if they're going to be able to keep the park in playing shape now that they're only going to use it a, a very small amount of times a, a year. I mean, if they keep playing those those three college baseball games there, and then high school state championships, which, by the way, it's frankly not fair that the high school state championships are there. That that, that park is cavernous, one of the lowest home run rates in, in all of professional baseball because they built it too big. Um, so having high school state championships there isn't particularly fair. But, I mean, I guess where else are they going to do it? Maybe Biloxi, I suppose. But... Um, is the park going to be upkept? Are they going to be able to staff those games? I mean, I, I'm wondering if those conversations are going to be had. But I, too, am sad they're leaving. Um, it, it's a shame. But this is kind of how the minor league baseball business works. I mean, teams up and leave their towns all the time for new stadiums elsewhere. I mean, they're getting a $50 million stadium. So, I mean, I get it. It's also closer to Atlanta. Um the, the ballpark here is is stuck in 2005, um, and nobody went um, for a lot of reasons. 
Uh, I do think the ballpark is not in the best location. I don't mean it's in a bad part of town, but where all the growth is happening in the area, it's happening further away from the ballpark. I mean, it takes me a while to get there, you know, and and a lot of growth is happening north of me. Um, I, I don't think in hindsight that was the best location for it. I know it's right off of 20 and in, in like the corner of 20 and 55, but you need to be where the people are. Frankly, I think the old Smith wills is, is a perfect location to, to be centralized, to, to maximize the amount of people that you would get to go uh, to the game. And you've got a growing area just across the highway there in Jackson, you know, Ridgeland, Madison, Gluckstadt are growing, Flowwood's growing. It's very close uh, uh, to Brandon. I mean, that makes a whole lot more sense to me. So, you know, teams do, move to a place that lost a team before i mean hell the the mississippi braves came from my hometown in south carolina they were the greenville braves they, they were in a beat-up old stadium not in, in a, a good area and the city wouldn't build the braves a new stadium for some reason so they left and came here and then the city built the red Sox a brand new stadium downtown and it's an incredible place to go watch minor league baseball i mean that that's kind of how this works. It, it's it's not unique to here, but they either need to, if they want to get a team back, they need to either build a new stadium in a better location, or dramatically update the current one. And, and I'm I'm afraid that I just don't see that happening anytime soon. It, it it's a shame, but nobody it wasn't attended well. The the second worst attendance in all of Double A. It's hard to blame the organization when nobody's going to your games and somebody else is going to put fifty million into a stadium. It is what it is. Judkins' family, primarily his mother, got their bluff called by Ole Miss. You wonder how much Ohio State paid. I would like to know myself, like everybody else. I really don't. Um, I really don't think that it was as much as Ole Miss was offering. I mean, Ole Miss's offer to him was, uh, frankly, too big. I understand why uh, he got that much. The sentimental value paired with his uh, high level of play makes sense. I understand it, but that amount of money is insane. And and I would just be surprised if anybody else would be willing to to go that high. I would. So... Now, what do we do to keep the most important piece, Keith Carter? He has to be a hot commodity. He ain't going anywhere. That dude is all Ole Miss. You ain't, you, there, there's nothing to worry about there. There's nothing to worry about there. Had an LSU fan today tell you that you were crazy, saying they'll probably go 9-3 and three next year. They said Brian Kelly hiring the new D.C. will make them a championship contender, even without Daniels and the wide receivers. Um, I need to see that first. I do really love the hire, but... Um, I need to see that first Um, because, frankly, defensively, do do they have the bodies that you think can become a championship caliber defense? And it's not like they're really all that hot in the portal right now either. So I don't know. I'll have to wait and see. I'm with you. I think that that 9-3 and will be my – prediction for LSU until proven otherwise thoughts on Lane's Derrick Henry tweet today so petty but you couldn't help but laugh uh yeah so I, I did talk about that a second ago I am a little behind on the uh, the messages here but 
How about Derrick Henry, by the way? What an absolute class act. What a class act. Um, he's he's just – I guess we talked about it last stream, didn't we? So I won't belabor the point. But he that, that guy is all class, is Derrick Henry. Just all class. What would I do if I were the GM of the Saints? Something needs to change. Uh, I would fire uh, almost, if not all, of the offensive staff. Maybe keep the receiver coach. Uh, but I would certainly, um, well, one, I would move on from Dennis Allen. But since that's not going to happen, I'll operate in the realistic um, options. Uh, I would fire P. Carmichael. I am shocked that it hasn't happened yet. It needs to. Running it back with him would be a mistake. I would trade Michael Thomas, get what I can for him. Clearly, there's some issues there. There's some disconnect. And um, he can't stay on the field. But he still has value. I would also consider trading Marshawn Lattimore. And I know that's blasphemy for state fans, but he's really expensive and he doesn't stay on the field either. And you can get some value with him. I would, um, whatever I get in draft compensation with them, my first priority would be pass rush, I think. I like their weapons, actually. I mean, I obviously like Kamara and, um, and frankly, all three backs. Uh, now that they got healthy at the end of the season, uh, you, you saw what they have there, and um, and you should like what they have there. And frankly, I like the wide receivers. I, I like Olave, although he needs an attitude adjustment. Um, I really like Rashid Shaheed all around. I just love that dude. Um, and A.T. Perry looked like he was capable of slipping into the Michael Thomas role. Uh, I really like what you have in Juwan Johnson. Uh, I think the biggest position of need is pass rush for the Saints. They weren't good enough there. Um, so that would be where I would go with my first-round pick is pass rush. Have to draft a linebacker. Uh, you would have to, to either free agent or, or get secondary help. you got to get help on the offensive line as well. Got to stay healthy there too. But I think pass rush, offensive line, linebacker are, are the three priorities in the draft for the Saints. And and go from there because you, you can't move off of car. And for whatever reason, they're not getting rid of Dennis Allen. So, Chance needs to make the tourney at state between a football rebuild and a baseball being a, and baseball being a disaster. State is in a rut across the big three sports. Absolutely. Um, yeah, this is a very important basketball season for fan morale at uh, at Mississippi State right now. PTG Brandon with the super chat. Thanks a lot, man. I like the gold too. I don't know. I don't know if you were able to change those colors or what, but that looks good. But uh, appreciate you, Brandon. You are uh, the the freaking man as uh, as always. When is the last day to enroll so we see which portal commits actually show up on campus? So, I I guess they could uh, ha- be already enrolled in in winter session because that's going on right now. Maybe it's too late to enroll there, but. The um, the drop dead date is what two weeks into the semester, so I think end of February is like the the final date. But they can enroll, and, and barring something crazy, they will enroll uh, on the first day of classes. But I, I do think the drop dead date is is two weeks into the semester, if I remember correctly. Uh, so that is like the deadline. Um. But yeah, an interesting thing happened there. So, so almost had a commitment. Uh, we talked about it on the podcast earlier today. So, for you podcast listeners, forgive the repetition. But um, flipped 
it was a, a portal commitment flip from Ole Miss to, uh, to Louisville that I guess just hadn't enrolled yet. But they've got a visitor coming in this week, uh, this weekend, and he is rated higher at the same position. Um, and also, I, I guess I saw reported that that Turnage is also going to visit. I, I don't think that he is as coveted as um, the the South Alabama transfer, but you know, the, the mentality's got to be mercenaries, right? This guy fr- flipped from Tennessee to Louisville. Okay, well, here's another portal guy plays the same position that's rated even a little bit higher. Just go get him instead. What's the difference? You know, so. Appreciate you, though, Brandon. Uh, thank you uh, a lot. Am I ready for the Pels to break uh, our hearts? Uh, yes, as always. You love YouTube TV, but something needs to be done so you can watch the Pelicans. So, uh, Mason, I'm going to make your day. I don't, I'm sure you've seen the announcement, but 10 of their games are getting broadcast on over-the-air television. So, um, I think it's WJTV here. It's one of the one of the local TV stations are airing 10 Pelicans games. So uh, they struck a deal with whatever the company is with Fox eight in new Orleans, but they own affiliates all over the South. So they'll, they'll air in new Orleans and Baton Rouge and like Lake Charles and uh, Monroe and Biloxi and Hattiesburg. And I think Meridian and Jackson, I think that's how they're doing it. Um, but yes, we will get them locally here for 10 games. What I think is happening, Mason, is they're going to test this out. And when Bally, when the deal gets ripped apart, because that's coming, the deal's going to get ripped apart. Bally's going bankrupt. It sounds like the Pelicans are going to go to over the air, which is huge for the team. And it's huge for basketball fans in Mississippi, but it's huge for the team because we're within driving distance. I mean, I don't know how many, I don't know exactly where you live in Mississippi, but. I go to at least one game a year. I'm going to go probably sometime next month. Um, I go to at least one game a year because I'm within driving distance. But every time I talk about the Pelicans, I, I get at least one person. I get five to tell me to shut up. And I get one that's like, hey, where can I watch? Or or when can I watch? And my answer has to be, well, you have to download an app and it's $20 a month for you to watch. And that's ridiculous. Being over the air, being free will build a fan base. It will actually cultivate a fan base uh, that will make them more attractive. It will obviously make them more money. Um, It'll make the home environments better. It just, you you can only win with this. I can't believe this wasn't what they always did. But now that, that it's here, I'm excited because I get to say on Friday, hey guys, not a whole lot of sports going on. There's a lot of Saints fans in Mississippi. You got a basketball team in New Orleans too. You can watch them on TV, and they're really fun. And they got this guy named Brandon Ingram who has the best, most beautiful mid-range game you've ever seen. And Zion, you get to watch the physical spectacle that is Zion, but you get to see Herb Jones play defense and uh, Trey Murphy make threes, and, and CJ McCollum is just on a tear. And it's like this it's this fun basketball team that now I get to say to my audience, or our audience, certainly not my audience, but I get to say to my people, hey, you can actually watch these guys. This is the team that I've been talking to you about for so long that you can never watch. Now you can. So I'm excited about that. But, yes, they're going to end up breaking our hearts, of course. The Titans firing Vrabel just makes you shake your head. Such a poverty front office. Did you see the leak to Deanna Rossini, by the way, that the Titans um, decided not to trade him because they figured it would be too difficult? 
Think about that. Just, just think about that for a second. They decided to forego getting free draft capital because it would be too difficult. Think about that. That, if, if I were you, because I know you're a Titans fan, that would piss me off more than firing Vrabel or, or moving on from Vrabel, is that they didn't even bother trying to trade him to New England or, or anybody else that would be willing to take him. You didn't even try to trade him? You didn't try to get draft picks because it would be too difficult? Give me a break. What are my top four teams in the SEC right now? Um, Tennessee, 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 and Tennessee. No, I'm kidding. But no, Tennessee, um, Auburn, Tennessee. Um, Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky. Who would be four? Alabama? No. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's your top four. Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky, Alabama's your top four, I think. And the net, Tennessee's one, Alabama two, Auburn. Well, well, Tennessee's five, Alabama six, Auburn seven, Kentucky 17. Mississippi State holding strong at 32, A&M at 39, South Carolina 42, Florida 49. Ole Miss is at 67. They plummeted after that Tennessee game, which I was surprised to see. They didn't get uh, help elsewhere from uh, from that. But anyway, February 5th is the ad drop date. So that's the drop dead date, February 5th. Goodness gracious. Michigan's title win screams Reggie Bush a bit. Although Reggie Bush's thing with Southern Cal is far more inter- innocent than what Michigan did. Far more innocent. You firmly believe that had it been a non-Blue Blood school that got caught doing what Michigan did, they'd have gotten the book thrown at them. Lord help us if Ole Miss or State got caught doing that. I agree completely. I agree completely. If that was Louisville, they would have been treated differently. 100%. By by the media and by college football at large. 150%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not expecting much from baseball around here. Bianco obviously has a ton of portal guys, but it's a wild card, and you think Lamonis is out in June, and they're just wasting a year keeping him. It's about right. Saw my conversations on Twitter, pondering a Judkins return. Looks like Haydad's conspiracy was wrong. Granted, you probably won't want to talk about Tula Griffin getting death threats last year. Um... I try to be consistent. I know I, I talk more about Ole Miss because I, I have to do the Ole Miss-based podcast and stuff. But regardless of what some state fans on Twitter uh, like to say, I know that I am very consistent with my position on things. I apply the exact same principles to to both uh, when, when they are valid. And I, I really... I learned, and it's not unique to state fans. This is this is sports fans everywhere. People are completely and totally incapable of comprehending complex situations. And the Quinshawn Judkins situation was very complex. And me just opining over Twitter and the stuff that people said to me 
like it, it made no sense at all because I would say like, hey, if if Judkins wants to come back, I would consider bringing him back. And a guy would be like, well, actually, you guys said that uh, he's not good. And it's like, I didn't say that. Like, why are you applying some random dude on Twitter's thoughts to mine? Like, group. Anyway, there's that. That was an incredibly frustrating day because it's like th- this is a complex thing, and you guys are just trying to make it so black and white. Like, can you not understand that it could be very true that he created a toxic situation around him and the and the people around him, whether it be his mom or agent or whoever created a toxic situation around him where they determined that the offer that they gave him was not worth it anymore because it was an insane amount of money. And so they decided, you know what, this isn't worth it. You can move on and that be true. And that happened and that go down that way. And if he were to try to come back, it would be okay to entertain the possibility of him coming back because he's such a high-level player? Like, why is that a complex thing? Or or why is that so difficult to comprehend? And obviously, Lane Kiffin feels differently than me. And, and of course, there's a lot more that that I don't know. But what I was talking about was over the weekend, it's been reported by multiple people now that there was contact made about the possibility of a return. And so that's why I just kind of took to Twitter. I was doing show prep. I was just sitting here um, just with show notes up and just kind of thinking about, you know, should we talk about this and, and what do I think about it? So I was just kind of tweeting through it a little bit. Just if he wanted to come back, it would have come at a dramatic pay cut. And yes, you bring it to the team. You, you would do a team vote and you would have to get some ultimatums and some assurances that it's not going to go down that way again. And if you can't get those, or you're not confident in those, then no, you don't welcome them back. But if you can, then I would have considered doing it because of his high-level ability. And for some reason, some people are just so incapable of grasping that all of that can be true at the same time. There are so many people that just have to operate in black or white. It's either this or this. And it cannot be a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this over here. Can't comprehend it. It's bizarre. And again, clearly, Lane and company did not feel that way because if it is true, and, and again, I mean, if 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 the guys at RG are talking about it, um, then, then believe it to be true. So clearly there was something there. For whatever it's worth, I was also told earlier today that there was some kind of contact made. Uh, But you don't need confirmation because it doesn't matter anymore. But, yeah, I was just kind of tweeting through it. And then then what bothers me, Edward, too, is the people that are like, why would you say this? Well, because I I talk about sports. It's just a discussion. It's like, Oh, you're irresponsible. Whatever. Get over yourself. It's college football. Eric Spolster in Miami just agreed to an eight-year, $120 million extension. Wow, good for him. He's a great coach. He's a great coach. Meanwhile, LeBron, who is a great player, don't get me wrong, is about to run off another one. So, 
Yeah, Pat, I know that he's been retweeting things from Quinshawn and his mom thanking them, but it feels like there's been a lot of sarcasm in those. Could be wrong, but you still think Georgia would have beaten either Washington or Michigan, honestly? Maybe so, maybe so, but they had that opportunity and they could not stop. Um, they, they couldn't stop Alabama and Michigan could. Bravo fan here. Michigan played focused, very disciplined, except for a few plays. They took care of business, no doubt. You hate the price gouging on fans in Pearl and Biloxi? No doubt. I mean, it's price gouging is a problem in sports everywhere, though. It's something that I'm pretty passionate about, and um, I, I probably too much because you know when I talk about it or, or when I you know, do videos on it or, or whatever. It just, it doesn't get the same engagement. So maybe I, I just need to keep my mouth shut about it. But um, I think that across the board in sports, you, the fan are getting treated the worst. You're getting forgotten and you are the reason everything exists. Um, I especially ha- hate fanatics and the monopoly that they have on apparel. I mean, you've got lower and middle-class people, uh, right? So people that either are really barely just getting by or comfortable, but just barely, right? That are big sports fans that will save up for a couple months to to take little Johnny to the basketball game. And to get little Johnny a shirt with the team name on it is $45 now. I, I mean, the, and the, the quality of the apparel is, is garbage. Uh, Fanatics is garbage. The, the customer service is garbage. The stuff that they make is garbage. It is all bad, and it's so infla- overinflated and expensive. I- I've wanted to get my son new Pelican stuff because, uh, he obviously, he's growing, right? But I, I went and-, and wanted to get a shirt with just the New Orleans Pelicans logo on it. And the shipping was like $17 for them to ship it to me through Fanatics in the team store, and it was like a $30 shirt. And no, I'm not going to do that. And so here I am, like he's just kind of now starting to figure out what sports are. But, you know, he's four. I mean, it's going to take a few years before he really is watching games with me. But I want to start like getting him involved and and taking him with me because he can sit and have snacks and see lights and mascots and and is happy. But I want to start sharing that experience with him. And I can't because I can't afford it. Now, there are people like me everywhere that are getting priced out of it. And they're going to start giving up at some point. And, and it's it's that way in college football. It's that way with minor league sports. I mean, the cost for, for us to go to a freaking hot, a minor league hockey game with 2,000 other people over Christmas is nuts. It's absolutely nuts. And it's going to end up ruining sports. You're going to stop having young people get involved in it because instead of going to the game, they can watch Mr. Beast on YouTube, and, and they're good, and, and they're getting entertained either way. You're, you're, you're ruining sports for the, the middle and lower class people especially. You're pricing them out of it all, and they're the ones that are the most passionate. They're the ones that are the most loyal. They're the ones that will keep coming back. They're the ones that are, that are going to raise their families to be fans. They're the ones that are going to center their holidays around you. It's not a shot. It's just rich people don't do that. Sports are built by working people like us, you know, and we're all getting priced out of it. 
it, it's it's a shame. A midweek baseball game, midweek college baseball game, should not cost at all what it costs. It's it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Getting priced out of it. So anyway, sorry I ranted again. I I, I again I feel very passionate about it, and, and, and I guess not enough people care because it, it never does well numbers wise. The in-state baseball series would be better off played at the big three stadiums as it is. The Brave Stadium is a horrible venue. Um, this will never happen, but I do love what Clemson and South Carolina do. So they they play one series every year, and it's three games, but at three different sites in the same weekend. So they'll play one game in Columbia at South Carolina. They'll play one game at Clemson, and they'll play the final game in Greenville at the minor league ballpark. So they have one home game, one home game, neutral site. I think that's really cool. It can't happen here because of the SEC, but I like it. I've heard Smith Wills was an amazing place, but um, and a lot of people had some fun. So that'd be a great spot for a venue. Probably for the best that Judkins left and kept things from getting ugly. Absolutely. A Dart versus Judkins divide would have been disastrous. See, I kind of disagree there, though. Only because that's that's Dart's team very clearly. And so there wouldn't have been a divide. It would have been all versus one. And that still can become an issue, don't get me wrong. But it wouldn't have been... It would have been a problem. It would have been a problem. They could have figured it out. It would have been a problem. There was a problem. But when you have a team galvanized behind one leader, it is harder for one person to ruin that dynamic. So what's up, Midwest? Glad to see you, my friend. Always, always glad to see you. You'd sell any stock in Washington for next year, not saying they'll be as bad as TCU, but they'll be nowhere close to what we just saw. Absolutely, I agree. I I mean, uh, going from... Michael Penix to Will Rogers is something that I will have to see to believe in as well. The Titans will be in for some miserable seasons. Hard to disagree with that. Fix the curtains? No. No, I'm not going to fix the curtains. I will never fix the curtains. I am getting super chats exclusively because of my curtains. I am never, ever fixing those curtains if I'm getting super chats. Because of the curtains. Curtain Rod Chronicles, man. CRC. I might actually start naming this CRC. Can't believe NCAA football got nothing from EA Sports. Yeah, that was a weird storyline, wasn't it? Everybody was hyped up about like a teaser video that never came. Interesting stuff. People get way too offended over things on the internet, especially stuff that doesn't even concern their teams. It's not even like that they got offended. It's just that like they weren't able to wrap their minds around the possibility of a player having issues and still be worth having on your team. Or or even the thought of that being the case. Anyway, I don't need to talk about that anymore. Fanatics is awful. Awful doesn't even describe it. Please don't expect anything from EA Sports on the NCAA game. They're a terrible company who make awful sports games. You expect the same from NCAA being a modern, yeah. 
or a Madden reskin. Yeah. I hope not, but I'm kind of with you there. Do I think Matt Corral not being on a roster is a him problem or just simply a case of poor talent evaluation? It is 150% um, an, an internal uh, issue. Um, I don't know what uh, is going on, but I, but I know it's, you know, clearly something. And just, you guys have heard me talk about it before. Um, I have dealt with, not, I actually, I don't know what his, his issues are. I, I have dealt with personal trauma that led to depression myself. And so I've been there to whatever capacity he's dealing with. So uh, I've been there and, and I just, you, you hope that he's got the right people around him to, to help him, you know, kind of navigate the, the transition that he's going through in his life without football, because he is talented enough to be on a roster, but that's, that's not the most important thing for him right now. Went to the Tulane bookstore the other day and couldn't find anything less than $80. You will, for, you will forever be the Ole Miss girl on campus. Exactly. Your own school is doing it to you at, uh, at this point. Jerseys are $110 without only one number available, and NIL jerseys are $250. Yeah, Ole Miss tickets are going to be brutal this year. At least there's the demand for that, I guess, but... Yeah, and then you have hotels and stuff like the Holiday Inn or whatever. It's called in Starkville doing insane prices. Price gouging the fans is bad already. Don't be a Dodgers fan in 10 years when they don't, when they have to pay Otani. Yeah, no doubt. Your family used to go to A&M games every week, then got to be much, then it got to be too much for you, and it's upsetting for the former students in your family. You can't go to North Texas game or you can go to North Texas games. Whenever you want, though, is the G5 is cheap. I hate to hear that because I grew up going to college football games, not not just Furman games either. Um, I grew up going to big ones. My dad and I would go to one big stadium a year, and, and I would love to do that with mine, but I don't know if that's in the cards because going to those stadiums now is unbelievable. Shout out to um, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, though, for being different. They don't price gouge there. They're different, and they make more money. What a concept that is. PTG Brandon coming through with another super chat. Brandon, my friend. Hey, uh, did you hear the fishy line of the week? Brandon. Uh, Richard had a good one. I picked the the Bucks game on, uh, on Monday night for the PTG Outdoors fishy line of the week. Um... Because I don't understand the Eagles being a favorite in Tampa with the way they're playing in their injury situation. But Richard picked uh, basketball tonight. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick, see if he was right. He picked Auburn basketball as the, uh, the, the fishy line this week. Let me see. Let me see. Well, they're up eight in the, uh, in the first half. So... Maybe Richard got it wrong, but uh, Curtain Rock Collective, thank you, Brandon, and uh, Free Borky's Curtain's another one. But you are uh, you are absolutely uh, too kind. And and see to whoever said to fix my curtains earlier. Now you know why I don't. Now you know 
why they're looking like that. And they will always and forever look like that. Almost tickets went up for 2024. Yeah. Yep, they did. Not to mention, also, tuition is going up every year. Because, uh, never mind, I was about to get political. But Bill Steelers on Peacock is the worst. Might illegally stream that game. And another example of fans getting priced out. Another example. A playoff game. Behind a paywall. What a disservice. And it it's the biggest disservice to the, the fans of those teams, right? The people that have gone to the games and bought the merch and cared about the team. Sorry, I, I, my lips are chapped and I cut one open. Um and now you're asking them to pay more money to watch their playoff game. They've been with the team all season in lockstep. And now they have to pay to watch them in the playoff. Just here, more money. Take more money from them. Take more money from them. Do I think Texas will be a championship contender next year or an 8-5 and five average SEC team? I think they'll be somewhere in between. Uh, not a championship contender, but I do think that they have a, a real good chance at winning 10 games and making the playoff next year for sure. If Ole Miss wins uh, a title next year, you're coming to fix the curtains personally. Over my dead body. O- over my dead body. It ain't happening. Um, no. No, no, no. It's not happening. I'm not telling you guys where I live. I already have enough problems in the neighborhood as it is, okay? I've got people showing up on my porch. I've got um, some some kids got caught a couple years ago. I planted a magnolia in my front yard because magnolias are my favorite. I, I absolutely love magnolia trees. Um, I, I wish I could live in one. And I planted a sapling. Uh, not a sapling. It was like not five, four feet tall or so in my front yard. And... On a night where a bunch of high school kids were like knocking mailboxes over and stuff all around the neighborhood, they destroyed my tree, ran my tree over, brand new planted tree in the front yard. It's growing back, but not very well. Uh, so I've, I've just got a bunch of crap I got to deal with in here. All right. I don't need you guys showing up to my house to fix my curtains. Uh, just, I'm not letting it happen. They're going to stay like that forever. It's my brand at this point. I have nothing else. You can deal with the Amazon Prime games. Yeah, and I can too because everybody's got Amazon. Um, but Peacock, ESPN Plus, whatever are pissing me off. Stop pricing me out. Me, I agree completely. ESPN streamed the first few minutes of the game last night, then told, told everyone to watch it on ESPN, so you turn it off because you're poor. You do have Peacock, though. Well, Rebecca, you didn't miss much. You did not miss much, and um, it's good to hear from you. Uh, as always, hope uh, you're doing well down there in New Orleans, even though uh, the Saints blew it. And, um, hey, at least the basketball team's good. Any teams I think will be surprising next year? a under Elko, for example. Ooh, a surprising team next year. Who could surprise? How about Florida? 
How about Florida being a surprise team next year? Now, I'm not saying that they're going to go win 10 games or whatever, but everybody's writing Billy off and thinking that they're only going to win three games. That's going to be my off-season, like, darling. A team that I'm going to buy in on uh, for no reason other than just to be different. Um, Florida, well, I think is going to surprise people. No, if you ship a curtain rod to Super Talk, I'm not going to use it. I'll actually use it. I need to use it in my bedroom. It's where I need where I need to use it because I am using a uh, shower curtain rod in my bedroom. It looks really nice, though. You can't tell. But say Florida may win five next year. You're probably right. Um, we're more likely than not talking about the open Florida job uh, next year, next November, December. But. If anybody can really, quote-unquote, surprise, it'll be them, especially with their new D.C. hire. More likely, LSU makes the SEC championship or Auburn fires freeze. Auburn fires freeze. Although I don't think either one's going to happen. Good day from Australia again. Now the real dead period begins. That is the no football period. Michael, appreciate you, man. So what time is it there? What time is it in Perth? I don't even know if that's where you live, but 11 a.m. So you're at work right now, or you should be at work right now. Let me know if you checked out field days, by the way. Brandon, I knowing what you do, I think you would appreciate field days on YouTube as well. You, g- give him a look. I think you would like his style. He's a, a, an outdoors guy uh, in Australia. I think you'd like him. Field days. Field days on YouTube. He's awesome. Next two games for state basketball are crucial. Bucks are beating the Eagles. I agree on both of those. Another big opportunity tomorrow to, to steal a win against a really good team at home. Florida could be a huge surprise since Napier's seat is boiling hot. It's more than boiling hot. You like Napier a lot, but he gets so much crap and can't seem to get a win recruiting-wise. I'm also biased. I mean, I'll just admit this. I'm biased in favor of him. One, I think he's a good coach, but he was a big part of my childhood because he played quarterback at Furman. And I remember Billy Napier at Furman uh, winning a playoff game uh, over Western Kentucky. Like he was the quarterback of that team. Like I, So I'm biased. I, I like Billy because I have core memories centered around around him. So you're not in Perth, so 2 p.m. where you are. Glad you're here, man. I I really appreciate you. But I got to run, guys. Thank you so much, as always. Thank you especially to uh, my friend PTG Brandon and uh, the the Curtain Rod, uh, the Curtain Rod people, Curtain Rod Collective, CRC. Appreciate uh, appreciate you. Uh, You are are, uh, awesome. Um, All of you are great, but uh, not all of you are awesome. So anyway, uh, I'll see you guys on Thursday. So we'll be live again on Thursday. Uh, talking hoops. Uh, hopefully some good things happen uh, tomorrow that we can talk about. Portal stuff's going to be happening as always. And just whatever else comes up, we will talk about. So I'll see you guys Thursday night. Y'all have a great rest of your night and I'll see you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.